0: as they debate the merits of the great American radio show that have been missing for far too long. On that night, an idea was born. That idea became the FDH Lounge. Welcome to the FDH Lounge. Hello, everyone. Welcome to FDH Lounge mini episode 1212. This is FDH Managing Partner Rick Morris here. And we've got our good friend of ours, longtime FBH Lounge dignitary, and our MMA editor, Jake Digman, on with us to talk about WrestleMania 36 in the empty arena, which that's what makes this part five in our FBH Lounge Coronavirus Crisis 2020 series. Uh, We we said that we weren't going to be just looking at the specific parts of it. But uh, how it impacts a lot of different things of life and uh, a rite of springtime is WrestleMania. And because of the coronavirus crisis, we end up having the empty arena slash theatrical productions WrestleMania. I think you'd have to call it both right now. Uh, Some things that, uh, again, maybe we expected to see in some ways as far as some of the matches certainly being a lot less uh, uh, exciting without a crowd. I, I think almost every match you could say that about. Uh, a couple of the theatrical things we really didn't know what to expect and one match that uh, I don't know Jake's thoughts on this but I thought was one of the most gigantic disappointments in recent wrestling history. We'll get to all of that as I say, my good friend FDH Lounge Dignitary and our MMA editor Jake Digman always a pleasure to have him on to talk the programs. Uh, Jake, how are you holding up in the lockdown my friend? Hopefully okay. What, lockdown? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: oh, I just job like a couple weeks ago, so I just figured I'm not going to go out of my house. Good no, t- I'm, doing, I'm doing well. Thanks, Rich. <laughs> um, and, yeah, folding up well. let kind of all you off that on, on the air. Luckily well, for me, I kind of enjoyed being on lockdown before all this happened because I kind of built my own little man cage here, so I'm doing
0: just fine. I've That's been to your place.
1: That's a whole
0: story. Yes, I've been to your place in uh, America's rubber city, or former rubber city, I guess you would say, Akron, Ohio, and uh, you, you have a truly, truly excellent uh, man cave that is basically the entirety of your place. Your entire place is a man cave, and it is really sweet. And uh, we should sell tickets for admission, quite frankly, because it's, it's a lot of fun. That's where I watched the Royal Rumble with you uh, a couple months ago. And we started to anticipate what was going to be coming for this show. And, you know, I guess I like to take the segues where I can find them. I'll just jump in hot on this one here one of the most emotional moments in recent wrestling history the surprise return of edge in the royal rumble and the tremendous showing that he had there and very good build-up for his feud with randy orton but i'm always at the end of the day wary of anything with randy orton because he to me is the epitome of the whole is not nearly the sum of the parts people talk about how smooth he is and all the things well but He never adds up to a guy who has interesting matches to me, or is interesting, and I can't necessarily blame it on him. They made a creative decision to go long, but I think it was the second longest match in WrestleMania history behind only the one-hour Iron Man match between Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 12 and 96. I thought a horrible decision to go as long as they did redo some of the same spots. By the way, work in a tasteless allusion to Chris Benoit by, by doing the hanging spot there uh, in the uh, in the gym uh, that they did on the weight machine. So, I mean, it checked all the boxes. I felt like you could have checked for something that would be horrifically disappointing. Do you agree or are you one of the rare people out there that actually thought it was pretty good? Um,
1: there's a couple things on that. I agree with you. It mm-hmm. was way too long. It was way too long. Um... My, I was in a group chat with my friends and I were. We had a whole, my wrestling group buddies. You've met them all before. We were in a, uh, we were in our, you know, we each have our usual WrestleMania party so we kind to do it online. Mhm. Also, they're commenting like, "Why won't this just end?" Yeah. <laughs> that's like, I just, we almost felt really sorry for Edge. Like, the, really, okay, the, the thing is, I liked about the match, the opening to the match. If they would have done that in front of eighty thousand people or whatever, and I was supposed one of them, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of people were, um, if they were, if, we did that, if the opening of the match were just looking out, and you know, he's ready to take on Orton, and all of a sudden Orton jumps up from behind us with the cameraman, and that would have gone over huge, Yeah, that place would have erupted for that, that would have been a great moment, there would have set things off, and everything with that would have been, you know, that that match needed the drama of the crowd, you needed the crowd to get behind that can you get back up? The, the pilman spot. Right. So, if like, you know, at what point you get, can you keep getting up? Can you keep getting up? Can you keep getting up? And then you know that you know you were the ending of it with the the um, the same finish, but it was just like, good God! And then on the other thing you just brought up on the Good Benoit thing, I'm like, they're not going to do it. They're not going to do it. I'm like, oh my God! All of them, like myself, church, four, three people, like, all, all of them they're all caps, and that's they, like, Benoit. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Really? <laughs> we look at it one. Like, yeah, it's been enough time. You know what? Maybe we can mimic one of the worst moments in the history of this
0: industry and, and you know, quite frankly, <laughs> in all of the like, sports. Yeah. I mean, well, uh, <laughs> like Please tell me when that happened, uh, that your buddy Mike Church, who, who I love, and I, I love kneeling in when I see him about how much he hates cruiserweight wrestling. Please tell me he worked in a good Vanilla Midgets reference when that happened.
1: Uh, I wish I did. I was doing shots. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you have to know you only did that for shot value. Because if you know, you know, and if you don't,
0: you don't. Yeah, and that was again, who who could have possibly That's thought that was enemy. a good idea? Well, and, and not only that, I mean, Edge. I remember at the time of the tragedy, being a fellow Canadian, I think he had talked about how Ben Benoit taking him under his wing. So it's like Edge is one of the last guys that you would have thought would have co-signed on something like that i mean i and that's where you know i thought it was kind of disappointing in that regard Uh, randy orton i don't know if he's ever been known for his good judgment so i'll give him a pass oddly enough uh but for edge you know i guess i was a little bit surprised it was one of these things too where and i i i I commented a little bit on uh facebook Uh, my, my good friend fran stuckberry runs a page called gridiron access and For one night, he was doing some some wrestling coverage on there as well and seeing what people thought of stuff. And the one thing I I commented on with that match, and I think it was while it was still going on, was, you know, I understand it's the empty arena WrestleMania. They're holding it at the Performance Center. But nothing says the grandest stage of them all like doing a brawl in a conference room. (laughs) Like, tell me that that didn't just completely demystify the whole thing, Jake Digman. What are they going to do, swing printer toner at each other next? Come on.
1: Okay, so t- at this point, I've lost
0: all
1: interest. uh uh-huh. they're just wandering around and listening. So I'm watching this movie, I'm going, why is there, why is there metal, why is there fencing mesh on the top of this roof, <laughs> without the ceiling, in an office, room?
0: <laughs> yeah. What, is this like some kind of, like, is this some kind of industrial design thing,
1: technique that I don't know about? Or do they just put that up there just for the specific purposes of having him hang off of it for no
0: reason? Right. You know... <laughs> There was that, uh, I was I was texting back and forth, uh, my friends, uh, FDH Lounge dignitaries, Ron Glassnap and Dave Adams, who I used to do the old reality check show with back way eons ago at the old Sports Talk Network. So we were kind of texting back and forth because Dave had just picked up the WWE Network again. He is a lapsed fan from long ago. Ron is like me and you. He's a guy who stays up on things. So it was interesting with the different perspectives. But as they're panning backstage, I, I distinctly remember Dave at one point asking if the WWE had gotten product placement money from Cintas, because I think they have to zoom in on <laughs> something for that. I mean, that's how ridiculous this was, Jake. We're left to ponder these questions instead of the gravity of what is supposed to be this huge grudge match. You have
1: to feel so bad for Edge. Yeah, You know, that would have been one of those, like, medium moments, highlight things forever. And, I mean, now it's, I mean, it just, I mean, it is, it is, it's just like, dude, I just
0: wish you were to stay at home. Yeah, yeah, and, and instead, it's like Dwight Schrute and Andy Bernard brawling in a conference room. I mean, that's basically what that part of it was like, and then they're backstage, and they're doing their other overlong stuff. Uh, they finish it on top of a truck for no apparent reason. It's not like either one of them went flying from there, and not that I'm advocating that, but, uh, again, sort of like you're teasing it if you're going to get up there, so... Just, I thought a brutally, brutally disappointing match. And in a way, here and again, I realize I'm going to jump around on on what I'm asking you. I'm just going to try and keep it in in a good flow from subject Can to I subject. Something real quick, though, yeah, go ahead. On that match? Yeah. Like, like should they,
1: Johnny Gargano and Demacia
0: Chapa. Oh, they did Three a better 19, version. But it
1: was a heck of a lot better than, uh, than Edge and It was,
0: it was, it was. and there's now, no. Like, you know, there's Six no reason like that
1: you know I don't rip to a break. make it a, like you know make it seem like felt like a blood feud to me this just felt like you guys running around
0: yeah but you know what though but that's the difference because and, and not to not not to get too markish about the differences between NXt and the quote unquote main product but the way Nxt did it that's pro wrestling this was the sports entertainment brawl Jake Digman this is oh you gotta Got to go here, got to go there, got to make it colorful for the casuals, oh, you know, that kind of stuff. I mean, this was a sports entertainment, quote-unquote, brawl, and it's just indicative. The the, the larger question I was going to ask you here was, I thought that night two was weaker than night one. I was more into night one than night two, Uh, and this match, to me, was sort of emblematic of this. This match was one of the calling cards of night two, so it's not surprising that I would feel that way, but... Uh, which did you basically have a preference for um, i'd have to do probably night 1 okay also okay yeah i think i think a lot of people did uh this was a thing where uh, there there were some matches uh on on night 2 that i thought were just throwaway matches uh the the women's smackdown t- match, who gives a crap i i really wasn't well Bailey did because and look, it okay. makes sense from a booking so perspective. A well, look, I mean and that's the whole thing about doing WrestleMania this year, right? It's almost this is the WrestleMania where you're you're almost wasting this stage to do a big angle. So you couldn't do the Bailey Sasha break up here. That's just something to continue right. to tease, but then that just reminds us, well, they've teased it for about two years now. So they did the right thing, not pulling the trigger, but it just made the whole thing seem meaningless. Uh, the the street Profits uh, raw tag team match. I mean, those those guys are okay. Uh, I, you know, I, I I like their gimmick. I like their gimmick a little better than I like their work. And and just you know, they they don't really treat the tag team titles on either show like they mean very much. So why should I be that invested in, in what they're doing? Uh, Alistair Can Black. Yeah. Like yeah oh yeah
1: yeah. Uh huh. So this the whole reason i the tag team title match. So going oh, so, go back to our group chat. hmm. So, <laughs> When Austin Siri and Brother comes out, <laughs> oh, okay. who the heck are these guys? Yeah. And I'm like, they didn't have one tag team on the roster that was in the state of Florida that did not have.
0: I think that's basically it. And you look at it in Austin Theory, the dirt sheets are saying apparently that Paul Heyman sees something in him. And I don't necessarily uh deny that that might be the case that there might be something there, but even character-wise, he strikes me as being kind of raw. I don't I don't see much there that's you know beyond
1: I don't being even know what his character is.
0: This is the first time I ever seen him. I mean, well he was on he's been on NXT a little bit recently. I mean, young, cocky guy. It's sort of a carryover from Evolve, where he was the long-time champion, and nobody's better than me, yada, 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 but that, to me, that's like a generic kind of character thing. Young, cocky guy, whatever, and he shows me a little bit of something as far as potential charisma, but he doesn't show me anything yet as far as reaching through the screen and grabbing me. If anybody can bring it out of him, it would be Paul Heyman, so, I mean, maybe that can happen at some point, but I mean, it's... So his his, his
1: gimmick is every indie champion ever
0: Essentially, yes. I mean, and okay. like, a, a better version than most of them, just to be kind, but yes, essentially, that's what it is, and uh, Garza's just doing the, uh, you know, cocky, you know, young, good-looking Hispanic guy, which, I mean, what, it, it like the thing Kid Romeo was doing 20 years ago when he was WCW Cruiserweight Tag Team Champion, so again, not that's exactly... <laughs> I'm I'm oddly fixated... Uh, That would be Elix Skipper, slash the Pope, slash whatever else he's been over a period of time. D'Angelo De Niro. Yeah. (laughs) So, he... uh, I'm actually oddly fixated on on what could have happened with the end of WCW and whatever. I I, I play through these things, you know, in my head from time to time. So uh, Kid Romeo is somebody that I've probably thought more about than most wrestling fans over the last 20 years just because of the part of the scene he was a part of when WCW hit the iceberg. But, uh, you know, when you talk about guys that Paul Heyman supposedly sees something in, night two... Alistair Black in a throwaway match with Lashley, and at least Alistair Black went over, although it reminds you again that with Lashley, how and that was a thing where, again, I wasn't that psyched when they re-signed him in the first place, but you look at it like, oh, well, at least he comes in with the MMA cachet, you can get some big money matches between him and Brock, whatever. No, uh, he's just sort of plummeted right down the food chain to where he's doing a throwaway job for Aleister Black, the same way he did a throwaway job for Finn Balor last year at WrestleMania that nobody remembers outside of me and you. Aleister Black, supposedly, was the other finalist in the mind of Paul Heyman to win the Royal Rumble and go on to face uh, Brock Lesnar and win the championship on Raw. So, I mean, that, that shows you what kind of a thin line it is from being a main eventer on, uh, uh, you know, at the end of this show to a throwaway win over Bobby Lashley, a guy that doesn't even really mean anything anymore, which is kind of criminal, given how much they've pumped him up over the years in this match here. It, it was it was pretty decent. Alistair Black, I think, is pretty much incapable of having bad matches, and if you can have a decent one with Lashley, then you are incapable of having bad matches. But, you know, it meant nothing. Um, yeah, I'm
1: just kind of shocked that I mean that Aleister Black was one of the top two choices to win the Rumble with his block, only because he didn't do anything. Yeah. Like, uh, like, my girlfriend watches with me, and she's, as we'll say, a casual fan, right? Mm-hmm. She'll be like, why do they do anything? <laughs> like he yeah. just sits there It's like, I will now pick a fight. you will fight me.
0: I'm like, I was an NXT as a fan. Huh? Well, I will tell also, you this, Jake. He I, does
1: the same thing every single, he's, to me right now, he is smiling Finn Balor.
0: Yes, that's true. I mean, and. So was like, okay. Yeah. Honestly,
1: you know, I can't even say I watched this match. I'm just interested. In it made me in both characters.
0: Well. The only thing yeah. I thought of
1: is like, if they would have done Mania, like outside, or even if they would have done this, the only thing that made me remotely interested was the concept and idea if they would have done the, the club with the Undertaker Kane and Aleister Black. That yes. been interesting.
0: Well, I will tell you this though, uh, casual fan or no, I'm gonna put over your girlfriend for her during the Rumble. Uh, being very enthused for when Keith Lee was out there. Uh, I'm going to give it up for anybody who pops for Keith Lee the way that I do and that you do. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. So the, the three of us are bonded in our Keith Lee fandom, along with a lot of other people out there. I mean, who the hell doesn't know Keith Lee's awesome? But it's still just cool to see that, especially out of a casual fan. To see them pop for a guy like him because he is he is unique. Mm-hmm. You, you talk about somebody that comes through the screen and grabs you in a way that Austin Theory doesn't, Keith Lee does, and arguably should have been that, on this show. That's, you know what, that
1: Keith Lee is money. Yes. He is one of those things where there's, there's money to be made in a Keith Lee Brock Lesnar match. Yes. You know, just like there was at one point in time. Well, I was gonna have, I, we, we pitched the idea that they could have said, well, actually, made it against, against Brock and SummerSlam, even though it's not for the title. Yeah. Just to have that thing. And, and then they could have made. And they yeah. Never did it. He just became a
0: guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're gonna bring. He became
1: a terrible guy too. He became a terrible, horrible soap opera actor.
0: Well, well yeah. That's what I want to see. Yeah, well, exactly, and like he—he he was never a great worker back in the day, which to me almost kind of sets him apart because most of the guys that were great amateur wrestlers have transitioned very well to pro wrestling, whether it be Brock Lesnar, whether it be Kurt Angle. Which I tell you what, everybody craps on me when I say this but I've never seen Jake Hager slash Jack Swagger have too many bad matches. I mean, he's a guy who moves around good. He He's he's athletic for his size. I mean, you know, Bobby Lashley's not even at, at that level. It, it's really kind of disappointing. I'm sure he wasn't as muscle-bound when he was an amateur wrestler, and maybe that hurts him in a way, but, you know, he's his output as a pro wrestler... In my estimation, not great, and and for a guy that got the Donald Trump rub at WrestleMania in two thousand seven, to never even get a Brock Lesnar match when they bring him back, you know, I don't I mean, understand that. Yeah, I don't.
1: Anyway, <laughs> moving on.
0: Yes, moving on from. There. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, other things. Night two, uh, you had okay. you had the Otis. Uh, match there, which again, trying to trying to recreate, I guess, uh, Randy and Liz for the twenty first century, as I've seen it, postulated in some corners. But you know, at the end of the day, it's it's still a guy who moves and works the way that Otis does uh, against a criminally uh, wasted guy on the other end of the ring and Dolph Ziggler. So, I mean, I don't know how anybody was was that invested even in the storyline of that one, but whatever. So, w- were you? Okay, alright. Maybe I'm too jaded. <laughs>
1: Our group chat and I were discussing how this was probably one of, if not the best built matches during all of this quarantine crap for this show. Well, My numbers kind of there. This one they actually kept stories that weren't good, but at least they were building to something, and they actually did a payoff for once, and it wasn't like, you know, they were all thrown together in a six man tag or some super traffic to get everybody on the show. They actually paid off the storyline that's been going on for months, and we're like, you know, no, no, like
0: one of, the, one of the one of the best-built matches of WrestleMania 36. Truly the taller-than-Mickey Rooney award, Jake Digman. I mean, if we're going to go... was yeah, go, good. Okay, yeah, if we're going to put him over <laughs> for that, you know. As far as like, as far as like, you know, being a wrestling saying Yes, exactly. The bill, they up the
1: story, and they paid it off. They did. How so many times did they just not pay it off, or they paid it off wrong. They built it up, and the white right guy won, and he got the girl.
0: They did, it's indeed.
1: you're not going to mean,
0: Right, exactly. I think one star in the Observer, and honestly, we
1: <laughs> Well,
0: on, on the subject of star ratings, let's go to two that had my highest ones, at least as far as pure wrestling matches go. That would be I gave four stars to Rhea and Charlotte in the opener on Sunday night, and then on uh, Saturday night, uh, Becky and Shayna, uh, that was uh, I gave that three and a half stars. I'm lumping them together because there's a lot of similarities. You have the established star against the young up and comer that they had a chance to to build. Uh, from a character standpoint, uh, the Basler and Becky match really kind of grabbed me because it's the cage fighter against the proto Stone Cold, you know, tough guy never back down kind of a thing. So from from that perspective, it had me gripped. Uh, The the match on Sunday night, which I thought was even better, Rhea and Charlotte, this is one where I told you off air I had a really kind of bonkers comparison. But as far as, like, uh, big, and in this sense, I I predominantly mean tall. They're two of the tallest ones on the roster, but that, that basically means big because you don't have hardly any Nia Jax types right now. Basically, everybody is relatively lean for their size, but the big ones can throw the bombs, and that one, to me, that was like if we ever got to see Valter versus Vader. Like, they, they, they're, they're big girls hitting high-impact moves, and I was enjoying it. It was just really exciting to watch because both of them can deliver offense that makes you just go, oh, holy crap, she killed her with that one. And it was just cool to see them trading bombs the whole way. you, you got to like a big Haas fight. I don't know that I've ever described a women's match as being a Haas fight, but now I've seen one and I liked it I was thoroughly sports entertained to me that was the best match of the weekend but in both cases and we talked about this off air I didn't like the outcome because I felt like in both cases you needed to put over the emerging star you needed to put over the up-and-comer in the case of Becky you know she's reigned on top for a year on Raw we were all waiting for Shayna Baszler because it's like okay this is the one and they didn't really tie in the Ronda Rousey stuff as much as I thought they would. I, I thought there maybe even should have been a little bit of, you ripped off my friend a year ago, I'm going to be the one to take the title from you. But nevertheless, it was it was a good build between them. And then Rhea and Charlotte, the, the build was kind of like, ah, okay, I, I guess we got to do something with Charlotte. we got to put her in a, a title match somewhere. We'll make it NXT. and well, Since we're now calling the NXT titles world titles, apparently because they're on USA, it makes sense in that way. But Rhea Ripley, as big of an up-and-coming star, a breakthrough star as she's been over the last year, I felt like she needed to go over rather than be somebody who just came up short. So, I know you're not completely in my way of thinking uh, on these two outcomes. Um, no, I'm not. I, uh,
1: yes and no. I, I agree. Actually, yeah, yes and no on that. Okay. Um, i never thought of the comparison. First of all, thank you for making me realize now that I want to see Walter versus Major. That's something like I think. I wanted until right now, I and mean, now that sounds amazing.
0: That's right. <laughs> we put in Japan. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, put it in Japan, oh my god, that's huge, you take my money.
0: You know what, you know what, Jake, there, there was there was Vader versus Hansen. that's about as close as we're going to come, we'll both have to go look that up after we're done recording. Yeah,
1: um, yeah, that, 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 was, that was fun, the hoss battle, that was the epic hoss battle. That's right. Anyway, um, I, I actually... Uh, starting off with the Charlotte
0: Slayer and the Rhea Ripley, I actually thought it was the right outcome for oh. a couple of reasons. Okay.
1: The way that Rhea Ripley, um, the way that she, out, the story of the match is how, as is what made me really like the outcome, is how they show Charlotte as being the veteran mm-hmm. that is outsmarting the rookie that has these different moves and when the way that she uh, tripped her leg up on the ropes, I believe it was, and she like, hit her knee, it looked like she legitimately tweaked her knee mm-hmm. whether she did or not, I don't know and the way they just the styled the way they worked it and with Charlotte Flair going over you know and with Rhea Ripley having you know, she's got at the end of it she to just succumb to the better wrestler and in making the star it is coming through Well, now you've got you know in the perfect world when we're all out of off of, uh, out, of the, well, out of the elimination chamber here <laughs> <laughs> uh, it comes back to where it, I told you off oh, there the money is in the chase on this one and you bring in a Level star, uh, may, WrestleMania main venture is now on the NXT brand, which brings in some kind of brings in a, a whole new level of credibility to that women's division. While that brand is going head to head against AEW on TNT, which women's division is just a pile of dog traps, to be honest. It's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> um, so it gives you a reason to want to to, want to watch that and to see it. And, you know, you bring in the main tunnel with that. And you give the girls a chance, kind of like, you know, it's, it's more of the, the Oscars or the Shana storyline, where, you know, the girls come in and they get their chance, and, you know, I think Gio Shirai's and that's one, comes up short, until it gets back to Rhea Ripley, who has to work her way back up, and then she just disprones Charlotte. You can really get, I don't know, if it, was, if it was in the real world, where we could do things actually. I mean, I think there's a three-month story arc for this that pays off that, like, champion and all that stuff and I want you to show the after that that like, somebody attack or who insist or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Thinking of uh, when Roddy was refereeing the uh, the Bretton and Backlund match with, do you quit? Do you quit? But okay, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you, no, you're, you're 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 where he you slipped on the banana peel with the whole thing, and well, they, they, that's the one that uh, they repurposed that for Brett and uh, Austin at Survivor yeah. Series '96. So it's a thing where. It's,
1: just, do you, it's such an overplayed finish. I hate it. Every single time someone else. They just use that. It's like, you, you would think that the person who's doing the show would re and like, the story the, the the stupid story which makes Shannon look a game where she's like, Oh, I've had this admission in. You've been left with like, for three years, you know how this works. You just make her look like a fool. And I'm just like, hey literally you made her look like a fool and you don't like to make money of you are a badass killer. She, she just came in and just destroyed her. Like if it was not a drop would be like, Oh my god Then you'd have a new star made. Wait. And then again, you know, the money goes back in the chase.
0: I I mean, the odd thing is, although I wanted Shayna to go over because I felt like Becky needed freshening up, Shayna needed to be made on that scale, etc. I will say this. I have less qualms about Shayna right now than I do Rhea Ripley because Shayna, that promo afterwards was just money about the agony of defeat. You're going to feel the agony of my defeat. like Shayna still, they did the banana peel finish, and while I agree with you, that I would have rather seen her go over. They the, the banana peel finish, peel finish. I should say protects her. I feel like. Like I don't think it makes her look like as big of an idiot as you think it does. And I think it just sort of allows, from her perspective, for her to portray it like it was a fluke what Becky did, and makes you want to see it again because it surely there's going to be more sneak attacks of Becky as we go along and things like that. So. I am less concerned about her ability to weather this defeat than I am Rhea Ripley's. I I, I don't know how is going to be portrayed coming out of this. And then you come to find out subsequently that uh, she may be having visa problems and could be out of the mix for a while. Hopefully that's not the case. I mean, hopefully
1: it's not, but at the same time it could be a blessing in disguise. How can I miss you if you don't go away? True. And you know people turn it off and you can make it like, you know, uh, give Charlotte a little run, uh, you know, if that's possible. Again, I don't know stuff, but, yeah. um, you know, in a, in, a, in, a, in a idealistic world, you know, give her a book and a run, and, you know, Shana will be fine, she will be, will be absolutely fine out of this, I, just, I think there's just maybe the sand in me that's ticked off, that it just wasn't, you know, it's like, you know, you can't even, and I guess that's just, you know, this w WWE hates someone being undefeated, but you just have to murder the entire other women's division members in the elimination chamber, right? and then you just make her look like everybody else. Right. And I hate when they do that. It's the whole thing where, like, you know, they done done It's continuously. We're just like, somebody comes in, nope, we got to make you an average guy like everyone else. AJ Styles given had to make sure he lost in the first match. Right. Every single, every single time somebody comes in, no matter what, it's like, and it's just stupid. It's like, um, no. <laughs> you know, the only one they didn't do that with was, was Ronda Rousey.
0: That's right. Well, I mean, they, they couldn't afford to in her case, the way that they were uh, pumping that up, but... Well, that's like, uh, I saw a thing where Taz gave an interview to somebody the other day where he said he knew he was screwed at Royal Rumble 2000 when it blew the roof off the garden, because he knew, and they knew, that they didn't make him. And they're not going to push you if they didn't make you. So he figured he figured he was screwed as soon as that happened, and he was right.
1: Which is, I mean, again, it's just, it's just, it's just I don't know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm glad there's other things like wrestling entertainment that I watch. Yeah, especially now because this is just abysmal. Like I haven't, well, I don't watch any WWE brother. Yeah, like WrestleMania was the last show that I watched, and I well, I watched the Johnny Gargano matches because I it, I, I saw what it was, and I was
0: like, oh, I, I won't watch that. Right. Well, I can't well, blame I you for wrestling. that. Yeah. I I don't watch it nearly as much either these days. Uh, so that said, let's just gloss over some of the undercard matches uh, here as well. In night one, I'm going to double back on the ones we haven't talked about in night two because uh, some of these are kind of bookends. I feel like the, the the world title matches on those shows are bookends. The theatrical matches are sort of bookends, and it's interesting to compare to each other. But let's just go through the stuff that doesn't mean anything, which is the majority of the card. Uh, the Kabuki Warriors match, I thought it was pretty decent for what it was, but it was like one of these matches that really and maybe it was the tone setter for me on night one because it was the first WrestleMania match in an empty arena, but I was like, man, does this match need a crowd? Like, it would be so much better if it had a crowd. And, you know, yeah, it gives you more of the stuff of, uh, you know, that ultimately, you know, it is it is a great setting whenever it, you, you get to kind of, you know, focus on, you know, what the Warriors can do and they're both so great with their mannerisms and things that they kind of grunt out and whatever. They're very entertaining, but I still felt like it needed a crowd. So you had that one, the yeah. very, you know. Oh, What, what do you, you think of that, that one? To, I just want to
1: chime in real quick on that one. Yeah. Uh, we all thought that Kyrie Sane looked like she wanted to be anywhere but there.
0: Especially yeah. Especially during her entrance. Like, Oscar did this whole
1: thing, and Kairi Sane just looking at Oscar like, there's nobody here. There's nobody, nobody <laughs> <right> here. <laughs> well, I mean.
0: Right. Well, and, and Asuka is so theatrical in what she does. I mean, I don't know if there's anybody in the business that under, understands their character better than she does. So you knew you were going to get everything 100% from her. To a certain extent, Kyrie uh, was a little bit of that because it was kind of predictable to me that they, they were probably going to do the title switch because, again, there's talk that Kyrie may or may not be on the way out, Oscar to become a solo act again, Put the belts on the other two where they'd had them before. It was a little bit of that, maybe you know, a little bit of boo-boo face about doing the job. Sometimes that happens with wrestlers.
1: Maybe I don't know. I mean, it just like I said, her facial expressions coming out was just like, yeah, but even even boo-boo face on the job, like she wasn't even like, going through the mannerisms. Like she just, right. was just like you're doing the motions, but like, yeah, I just think it was one of those. I don't want to be here. I want to get the head out of here.
0: Like, but, yeah. I, I guess Why I guess I on further reflection, I'm going to agree with you and somewhat disagree with my earlier point. I guess I was more thinking of Asuka when I was talking about their success and getting across their stuff in an empty arena. Yeah, Kyrie, and it is it is kind of noticeable because she's generally very expressive. She's generally very good at getting across everything. So you're right. I think when, when I was putting them over collectively, I think I was mostly just thinking of the stuff that Asuka did, which she's always been portrayed like, as... Well, the dominant member of the team anyways, as far as, you know, you'll notice that when it was Oscar versus Becky and the build-up for that, it would always be Kyrie eating the loss in singles matches. So some of that's the way that they've always sort of been portrayed, and that, uh, again, I thought it was a pretty good match. Uh, the, the one that uh, was pretty worthless in my estimation, as I expected it would be, the Baron Corbin Elias match, seemingly put there just to troll us. By giving Baron Corbin a spot on the card, so congratulations! You trolled us. You got my blood pressure up for having to watch that show. Uh, the, uh, the 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 SmackDown tag team match, the ladder match uh, again. You know, good luck trying to do uh, the Money in the Bank stuff uh, a month from now because ladder matches to me, Jake, are the epitome of things that do not translate in an empty arena. It was decent. But at no point in time did it ever feel like a real, quote-unquote, ladder match to me. So, you know, that's that that was just a thing that completely felt out of place. I felt stylistically.
1: So, I completely ruined ladder matches for were uh, watching it and of after watching it. I, could, uh, I'd cl- I would, would climb the ladder to get stuff off the top shelf, but I'd climb it like a pro wrestler. <laughs> like, you know, pro wrestler, glide. And she's like, just not watching it, she's like... This is so terrible because they were just running two seconds ago. Yeah, they
0: can't climb up a ladder. I'm like, yeah, go awful. Yeah. And they're just doing this to fall down. It's like, it's the most, like, yeah. I, well, <laughs> you know. Well, that's. I, I don't know. I just, I'm I'm over, like, the super spot fest. Like, they're
1: so. It's just, I don't know. I just, I just, like, you know, the first time we saw it in 1999 or whatever when I did the, the Triangle, and they, I'm sorry, they had the Hardy Boys and Edge and Christian, and then when they did the other ones later on, you know, they peaked at, like, 2001. Yeah. Everything ever since then has just been, you're just redoing that.
0: Yeah, it's derivative. just
1: like, And especially one-on-one ladder matches, or in this case, triple sweat one one-on-one ladder matches. Right. you do a ladder match, you need to have, like, a cluster of guys to justify why they don't just get up. Like, in theory, a ladder match should be one guy kicks the other guy, kicks the other guy, climbs out of the wind in two seconds.
0: Well, and it, everything that you said, and you're absolutely right about the stylistic problems with ladder matches to where it's it's almost a cliche, but it's certainly true. All of that, it, it, the, the devil's in the details, Jake. It doesn't have to be that way. You could cut down on the number of times in a match somebody climbs the ladder so as not to have to do that same thing re- repetitively. You could make sure that if somebody goes to climb the ladder, somebody's pretty close to him to interrupt him so he doesn't have to go... Like he's climbing through molasses to get up the ladder, because, yeah, nothing exposes mm-hmm. the business more than that. So, I mean, just, just by doing it a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> it's like it's like in a video game and they're pressing A over and over again. And they yeah. Had the ball. How does my arm work? How do I get my arm to go over my head? I have forgotten it then, at the most inopportune moment. And
1: then the finish, what was that? You just,
0: yeah, I mean. Just, just like, what? <laughs> just, just because we haven't seen it before doesn't mean it's a good thing. Uh, that that's the whole
1: exactly.
0: thing. I mean, you know, sometimes I'm like, so, I'm like, so everybody wins? Yeah. Yeah. I mean sometimes there's a reason we haven't seen things before. You know, and and, and that was it basically. Uh, a match that was pretty good because how could it not be with the two guys involved, but I still thought it was disappointing was the Daniel Bryan-Sammy Zayn match. And here's what I'm going to compare it to. I'm going to compare that to the CM Punk-Randy Orton match from WrestleMania 27. That was the match where they did it where... Uh, it I, wasn't it that uh, Orton was selling a, a leg injury the whole match, whatever. So it was just basically... It wasn't, it wasn't CM Punk versus Randy Orton the way you would normally think of it. It was Randy Orton working a hobbled gimmick. I'm like, why do I need to see this? This doesn't feel WrestleMania-worthy. In this match, they've had Sami Zayn doing the whole chicken-shit coward thing for so long that they're like, let's just have him do that. Let's, let's have him wrestle like he's a manager, like he's Jim Cornette or J.J. J. Dillon or somebody like that, uh, as opposed to going out there and being Sami Zayn. And, and that, to me, made it disappointing. It was a schmaz, It was, I mean, it was pretty good. How can it not be good with those two? But I'm comparing it to what it could have been, and I'm feeling very disappointed watching it.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I was kind of like, I actually said the exact same thing while watching them. I was like, this could have been so good. Yeah. I, I was, and I wasn't like disappointed in it because of, the, of all the characters involved. Except for the fact that, um, this is one thing we brought up on our group chat, uh, and the rest of are watching it. So, in a match, if Cesaro and, um, not the get hit, they get right back up and they spine, fine. But if they're outside interfering, they get hit by one Drew Gulak and they're dead for 10 minutes.
0: Yeah. There, like
1: if there was a reason of security threw them out or something, and you could know, they just got punched in the face once
0: in a bit. Exactly. There's a lot and of it. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. And that's what I kind of went, Okay, we're gonna comedy match.
1: And yeah. I kind of was like, you know, oh, I, 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 I agree with everything you just said. I, yeah. It was. It, I enjoyed it for what it was, but it could have been so much better.
0: Yeah, I, I don't. I didn't really want to see those guys in a comedy match. You got a whole roster full of guys you can use for that, and and both of those guys are yeah. good at comedy, but it, it, maybe sprinkle. A little bit of comedy into a more serious match. I don't know. It felt like a waste. Uh, To say nothing of the fact that you couldn't even get Nakamura or Cesaro on the card. Cesaro did wrestle a pretty good pre-show match against Drew Gulak. uh, Albeit that was kind of a short one. Uh, Again, this whole thing, at least it's giving Drew Gulak the rub of being with Daniel Bryan. I like that. Uh, Gulak is a a top-shelf guy uh, as far as his ability as a worker and a personality. And so it's good to see that.